Praise the Lord, everyone. God is good this morning. Amen. The weather is so beautiful. It's cool. It feels perfect. There's no humidity. It's not hot and feel like your clothes are sticking to you, but it feels great outside. Um, you know, it feels like we should maybe have a barbecue. Um, anyway, it's good to see you this morning. You may be seated. This lesson was a little bit difficult for me, but I believe that God has a word. It's a good word. The title is The Parable of the Lost Sheep. And I'm going to read Luke chapter 15, verse 3 through 7, that says, This is Jesus speaking. And he spoke this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one, doth he not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. We need to rejoice when one person repents. And the reason that it's important is because God knows every heart. He knows each and every one of us individually. And when one, one person repents, heaven rejoices. Because many of us, we know who God is. We know that we've been baptized in his name. We've repented. We've received the Holy Ghost. And yes, we do have our struggles, but maybe there's a person who's never been to church or they come into church for the first time. That is so powerful because we already know God. We're already taken care of. We're already in the fold. But when one comes in for the first time and they repent, it's so exciting. And we should be so excited for that person. And it's not about us in that moment. That's what we're here for. That's what the church is for, is to rejoice with that one person when they repent. The truth about God is that he cares for every lost soul. God cares for every lost soul. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter what sins that they've committed, what they've done. God loves every soul. And you're here, you're still alive, you're in the church, you're breathing. That means that we still have his mercy. Because if the devil, if, or if God was ready to take you, he would have taken you. Or if the devil could have killed you, he, you would have already been dead a long time ago. But the devil can't kill you, he can't take your soul because you're in God's hands. Amen. And the truth is... For us and about my life, me and you 
should rejoice when one sheep is found, one lost sheep is found. That means, it could mean when someone backslides and comes back in. I remember, I don't know, three or four years ago, there was one lady, um, she shared her testimony, and um, she mentioned that in the last days, you know, we're in the last days, amen, um, but a prophet said that people who, you know, had left the church would come back, and they were prophesying that that was going to happen, and I believe that, amen, I believe that people who have left God will find him again, and it doesn't matter who they are or where they find themselves. So to tell a little story, one beautiful Saturday morning, there was a little girl, her name was Mandy, and one day she disappeared. So, of course, several people got together to search for her. Daniel, the father, was scared. Um, he had been working, chopping wood that morning in his yard while his daughter was playing, and she was playing hide-and-seek, and she had these little imaginary friends, and the father was just working, not, you know, maybe not paying attention to her. But around lunchtime, he started to clean up all of his tools and realized that his daughter wasn't there. And so he starts looking for Mandy. And, of course, he started to get nervous and agitated as he starts, starts to search for her and cannot find her. And so then he goes into the house and calls family and people to come help. And so all of the, the neighborhood shows up you know, screaming and calling out her name, whistling. Um, of course, you know, when somebody becomes lost, they'll have like a, a search team to come, you know, the police will come. And so they're all looking for this little girl. The father is just frozen in fear, you know, and he's thinking about all of these things. Where is she and what could have happened to her? And um, of course, he's imagining the worst things, um, and every hour that passed by, you know, he started to lose hope. He couldn't imagine living without his daughter, and he was just sick with worry. So he fell down on his knees, and he lifted up his hands, and he asked God to protect his daughter. God, put your hands around my daughter. Don't let anything happen to her. God, you know where she is. Please keep her safe until we find her. Please help us to find her. Put a shield of protection around her until we find her. So someone started screaming, over here, over here. And the father ran, and he's pushing people out of the way, you know, to go. And he's running through trees and all of this. And he saw her, and it was, in, it was unbelievable because she was in the middle of a small patch of grass. And his daughter was, is there with a lamb. And the lamb was lost as well, but he was protecting her and keeping her body warm. The lamb looked up at the father and he started to bleat. 
and started to follow the little girl. And when the dad saw that his little girl was safe, he picked her and the sheep up at the same time and told God, thank you for sending this lamb. And he told the lamb that we would find it, that they would find its mother as well. So it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter the family. It doesn't matter. Maybe we know somebody that's, you know, fallen away from God. Don't give up on them. God knows where they are. And he cares about every soul. I know how I feel. I have a brother-in-law that's backslidden. My wife and I have been praying for him for a long time. But this is just a beautiful example how our Heavenly Father is willing to give His love for His children. We are His children. Jesus said that the Good Shepherd was willing to leave the 90 and 9 of His precious children to find the one lost soul. And when Jesus found that soul or that sheep, he told it, it was, it was okay, and now your home's safe. This is the church. This is our home. This is our safe place, our refuge. This church is where the broken can become healed. This church, this sanctuary is where people can be restored. This place is where we can re- your marriage can be restored. Your family can be healed. Your health can be restored. All of these things. This is the place. And yes, we can go to all these different places, but it wouldn't be the same as this place. We have power and the anointing and the presence of God here together in this fold. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. This is where we can find restoration. So people that came to listen to Jesus preach, it wasn't only the disciples, but some of them were sinners. Some of them were unbelievers. Jesus ministered to this audience, and and this audience was diverse. There were so many different backgrounds, skin colors, levels of intelligence. Jesus ministered to all of them. Of course, there were some self-righteous, holier-than-thou type of people, and they judged other people, and they, they sat there with this attitude, thinking that they were, you know, something. And we do not know who is going to show up to church. We never know who is going to come into our fold, and we have got to be prepared to love them when they show up. So when they show up, like if you know that person from their past, and they show up, maybe they're not dressed like we think they should be, or maybe they, you know, they make you feel uncomfortable a little bit. Are we going to welcome them, or are we going to shun them? Because if we can't welcome them into our home, how do you expect Jesus to welcome you into his home? If you can't welcome them back home. Because they are just like we are. We were sinners, but his grace saved us. Such were some of us. We all deserve a second chance. There is no one better than another person. There's no one below another person. We are all the same. We're all sinners saved by grace. 
and thank God for that grace. We never know who is going to come in here, and we need to re receive them. The gospel is for everyone. It doesn't matter their past. And it, it's amazing how one word, the parable of the lost sheep, each person, one message could reach different people in a different way. One title, one preached word, we all, we don't all receive it the same way. God has a specific word to each person individually through one message, and that's amazing. One person could say, oh, oh, this is related to my backslidden family. Another person could say, oh, this is related because I need healing. And God touches each and every person through one message. God's word is able to reach so many diverse backgrounds and situations through one sermon. So the crowd that followed Jesus included sinners, self-righteous people who thought they were better than everyone else and they were saved by their own works and, you know, they knew all these scriptures and so they thought that they were higher than everyone else. But Jesus didn't even ignore them. He didn't even shun them. He thought it would be a good day for them to understand what a good shepherd is like. God is no respecter of persons. Acts 10.34 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God doesn't have a favorite type of people. He doesn't look at one person and like them or love them better than anyone else. He loves us all equally, and we should, in turn, respect and love him because he knows our hearts, he knows our lives, he knows our futures, and he loves us. The story of the Good Shepherd demonstrates that God loves every person Another good example is our pastor, Brother Mahaney. He's our shepherd. And he is a watchman for our souls. And without him, where would some of us be? We, we could be lost. And I know that as a pastor, it's not an easy job for him. He's human like we are. He wears many hats, but he's still human. He's also a soul. He also has a human mind. But God has placed him in our lives as our pastor and as our shepherd, and I have so much respect for him because he has a huge responsibility. It's a, a huge burden for him, and he has to deal with a lot of people and a lot of situations, and he just lovingly embraces everyone. And, you know, we can go to him with our issues and our problems, and he receives it all, and he's able to... Pray that God turns those situations into blessings, and he doesn't take them on personally. So one example, like if maybe one person has a lot of negative things to say about the pastor, um, and he hears about it, then that person who speaking negatively against him, he converts that to a blessing. He says, God bless that person. Because that person deserves a second chance. The shepherd, the pastor, loves your souls, and he wants to make sure that we're right with God. And it doesn't matter how far into sin someone may be.
God can reach into the deepest depths. It doesn't matter how hateful someone is towards God. It doesn't matter how many times they've raised their fist against God and said, you know, God doesn't even care or he doesn't, whatever. God still loves that person and still draws them. He draws each and every one of us. And he's not going to leave that person alone. Even if we try to resist him, maybe we've yelled at him, we've run away from him. But he still pursues you. It doesn't matter who you are or where, where you are. It doesn't matter how far away you are, how deep into sin someone has gone. He still pursues us. And there's someone out there that's praying, God, please protect my family. God, please touch that person. Reach out to them. Like, the, like in the story, that father was praying for his daughter. And we can pray that God protects our people, our families, our friends. In John chapter 14, verse 6, says Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We have to go through Jesus Christ. We can't circumvent him. We can't find another way. The only way is through him. We can never tell that God can't love us. God said he will and always will, will continue to love you. Even, doesn't matter where you are, he will always pursue you. He loved us first before we loved him. And thank God for that love because that love, I can't even describe. There's no words to describe that love. And he loves us with the same passion. Many people tend to say, God loves the way that you, God loves you the way that you are. But he loves you too much to leave you as you are. If we don't allow God to change us, how, how can we get closer to him? I don't want to be the same person. I don't want to be rebellious. I don't want to stay the way that I was. I want to obey him and allow him to change my desires and be a light unto other people. He loves us so much. That he, he hates to lose you. He doesn't want to leave you as you are. And we can't, under, we can't fully understand God's grace any more than we can understand his, the fact that of his essence. We, just as he is a mystery, his grace is a mystery. And, you know, God still wants to help people even if they rebel against him, even if they resist him, even if they run away from him. But I want to pursue him. And when we are lost, God will find us, just like that lost sheep. Whether we're falling away, maybe we stop praying, we stop reading the word. God considers us as lost, but he doesn't give up on us. He continues to pursue us. And he will give us opportunities to take his hand and allow him to lift us up onto his shoulder, back into a relationship with him. 
He never gives up on us. God never gives up on us. And because of that, we should never give up on other people. And I know there are some people, you know, we have families that are fallen away or they've never known the truth or whatever it is. But I believe, and I mean you specifically, you pray for your family, your friends. I believe God has already heard your prayers. He will answer your prayers. One, ex- one example, God will protect your family. Don't give up hope. Don't stop praying. Don't let go of your faith. Continue to hold on to him. You're still here, and that person is still alive. That means that God hasn't given up on them. That means God is not finished with them. Yes, it is hard, and yes, sometimes it feels like it, it's never going to happen, and we just have prayed for so long, but we cannot give up. We have to be persistent. And I know it's not easy, and I know it's frustrating, but we've got to hold on. Just like in the Bible, people, they left Egypt, you know, the, the Israel left Egypt, and they were in the wilderness for 40 years. But if they would have trusted him in the first place, they wouldn't have had to be in the wilderness for 40 years. So if we give up, we don't pray, and we don't allow God to lead us, then, you know, maybe we would be stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. So it's really important to not give up. It's, it's important to hold on to our faith. You know, don't look at them and say, well, they're a bad person, No, maybe they've made a bad decision. Maybe they need some guidance, but that's why we have a shepherd. And we, it is our job to love them and to allow God to guide them. And we should still show them respect and love. You know, it's okay. You've made mistakes. That's okay. Be comforting towards them rather than pointing fingers at them, you know, because if we do that, then they're going to run farther. How is that going to help them? It's important to be gentle with them and meek with them and, and to work with, because God worked with us. He's gentle with us. You know, if, if, if we're rough towards them and we speak roughly towards them, how, how are they? They're not going to receive it. That's not how Jesus deals with us. He's gentle and loving toward us. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that scripture clearly says he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This right here, this altar, this area, this is an opportunity to repent for us to take that opportunity. People still have opportunities and chances. We have to continue to give them those opportunities and chances to show them love and support, no matter their background, no matter where they are. The message in this parable of the lost sheep. That Jesus loves each one of us. It doesn't matter who we are. We can with confidence say, Jesus loves me. I am cherished by him. He knows my name. He can see our hearts. And he knows my problems, even my deepest 
problems. He knows our tendencies. He knows our desires, whether they're right or wrong. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Not one thing can separate us from his love. And it doesn't matter how angry we can be with God. It doesn't matter. Maybe someone has yelled at God and been angered with God, but he still loves us the same. I've been in, in church for 30 years or 20 years or however long, 10 days, doesn't matter. His love is the same. It never changes. Never changes. And we have to take the opportunity to thank him for his love. Tell him how much, how thankful you are for his love. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we all have moments where we question God. We don't know what he's doing. We might argue with him. Sometimes we may even run away, but he's not going anywhere. If you want to see God, he's there. He's not running away from you. He hasn't gone anywhere. It doesn't matter how far we're, we've gone. He doesn't move. He, he'll say, I wait for you. I'll wait for you. Because if God moved, then you would be lost. You wouldn't be able to find him. So he stays in the same place where you know where to find him until you come back to him. Same idea with, um, like, a building or a church. It'd be the same thing. We have to be like Jesus. Maybe people have done, you know, certain things, but what should we do? Be patient with them. Don't try to hunt them down, force them, you know, to, you have to come back to church because if you try to, to force them, they're, they're not going to, they, maybe they'll do it for you, but they're not doing it for God and they're not going to last for very long. I was having a conversation with somebody in Chicago in March. We were talking about the prodigals, the prodigal son. And uh, made me think of, about this. They were explaining about, you know, of course, many people have, have fallen away from God, come back. But this, this person's, I learned a lot from them. They said, when a person backslides, we should not try to force them to come back or try to force them to specifically come back into the church. Do it for me or whatever. And if they do it for you, maybe they'll feel, you know, like they've been guilt-tripped or whatever, but they haven't, they don't have a relationship with God. They, they don't have any kind of foundation. We need to make sure that person starts to create a relationship with God. They're not just coming because we ask them or, you know, we want to allow God to touch them, allow God to guide them. We can't just force them. I mean, they're going to rebel. They're, gonna, they're not going to last. We need to let God work in their lives because whenever God works in them, then God will lead them back. We can't. We don't have power to force people. God will draw them by his spirit. And, and God is incredibly patient. I mean, 1,000% patient. Even if he has to wait for 30 years, he will. He, he's not going to force them to come back into church. He's going to let them come. And the message in the beginning says, you know, like I said, we never know who's going to show up here. We never know when they're going to show up. And when that person comes, 
Will they feel God's love? Will they, they'll remember from, you know, back when they first got into church, their first love, you know. But if we try to force them, that's, their, their walls are going to be up. We have to allow them with love and gentleness. We have, because when God leads them, it'll be his perfect timing and it'll work out the way it needs to. God said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. You know where to find me. So have you ever felt lost? Like God's presence feels farther and farther away. Maybe the reason is because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Maybe you're hiding. Maybe you're going places you shouldn't go to. Maybe you're talking negatively about other people. Whatever it is. Could be anything. But you feel like God is farther and farther away and you start to feel lost. But when you, and you know your heart, your heart that you need to make a change, you'll get closer back to God. When sheep become lost, they wander away. They don't lose their identity, even though they feel lost. They're still a sheep. They're still a child of God. They still have a connection to where they're lost from. And the shepherd will search for them. God is going to continue to search for you. He's going to continue to reach out for you. And I make sure I have enough time. As a shepherd, of course, the shepherd watches over us and guides, and he notices when something is off. He can tell when something's not right. And the shepherd will, rather the sheep goes off and does whatever they want, but the shepherd will leave the fold to find that one. I got lost. One second. But if the shepherd didn't see that that one sheep had wandered off, maybe he missed that, then the shepherd has to start a search. It grieves our hearts when people walk away from God to follow maybe their temptations They left their loving church, and but we, we continue to pray for them. We don't shut them out. When a person leaves, we as the body of Christ should support that person. Even when they leave, we should be supportive and let them know that we love them and that we're praying for them. We're praying for their husband or their children or whoever it is. We should be the one encouraging them and loving them because if we encourage them, support them, they'll feel that hope. But if you don't encourage them, and we know maybe that they've left, we've known was it, whether it was a wife or a son or whoever, don't make them feel ostracized. Let them know that there's hope. There's still breath in their body. There's hope. They're still walking. They're still alive. That means that there's hope. Don't give up on them. Because what if that same situation happened to you? 
if you want somebody to pray for you and encourage you, then you should pray and encourage and support someone else. We are the body of Christ. We are supposed to love and encourage and support one another. Doesn't matter what happens. We're not alone, and we need to let them know they're not alone. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in our midst, and we become stronger together. And the more people there are, the stronger we are, and God can touch that person and draw them back in. So when one of our brother and sister leave, we need to not give up on them. We need to continue to love them. They're still a part of our family. They're still a part of the family of God, and we need to pray for them continuously until one, one good example. I love this example, Brother Jason Rhodes. Um, I don't know the full story, but I know that, you know, he had gone away from God. He was involved with some drugs. He was, you know, out in the world. I remember the first time I met him, I think, was in 2016. And I remember um, his clothes were kind of, um, you know, you, you could just tell he was rough. And I didn't know his background at that time. But anyway, a year later, he came to men's conference. He wasn't jumping, but he was very solemn, you know, kind of quiet. And then a year later, he came to men's conference. I saw him jumping and running because he had found, he had found safety. God had rescued him. And that's just such a perfect example. He was a lost sheep. But God did not give up on him. His family didn't give up on him. And I believe, I know Brother Anthony prayed for him. God, protect my son. God, take care of my son. He was persistent. He never gave, he never gave up. And God did not ignore his prayers. He will never ignore our prayers. He listens to them. He hears them. Keep encouraging people. Continue. If God can touch Jason, he can touch your family too. God doesn't, is not a respecter of persons. He loves everyone, and he, don't give up. We all know that Jesus loves us so much. We can't live without his love, even when we're lost. Jesus loves us so much, even again, before we loved him. God told Jeremiah that he already had planned plans for him before he was born in his mother's womb. The Bible says he formed us. He knew who we were even before we were born. He sees the beginning of our lives even before we were born, even before we were even conceived, even before we were even a thought. He already knew. He already had plans for us, incredible plans. He, want, he wanted us to have a relationship with him. And he already knew he, who we were, and he knew our name. And before we even had the knowledge of the truth, even as we were still sinners, God loved us and pursued us. He, he never gave up. And it didn't matter where we went. It didn't matter what we did and how far away we were. God didn't give up on us. God will not and will never stop pursuing you. And it doesn't matter how sick of us that he becomes. We are his children, and he wants to make sure. You know, sometimes parents, 
we get upset or frustrated with our kids. Um, my third child, Zaylee, ooh, she gets tired of me. Because I like to, you know, I pick on my wife all the time. I want to make sure she knows that I love her. And my kids are like, ugh, you know. She, I'm like, look, Zaylee, your mom is so fine. She's so sexy. And my, my daughter's like, ew, mom, that's your dad, that's gross. But the point is I want to teach my daughter to know that I love my wife. And that's how it should be. We need to be setting that example. You know, of course, they're saying, ew, mom, dad, that's gross or whatever. But when they become older, they get married, they know how to treat their husband and their wife. And so we should be like that. We should be that light, that example. We should love each other so much. We should support each other. It doesn't matter what we're going through, where we are. The greatest love story is that God prepared a body for himself and came to earth. Of course, we know that body, Jesus Christ. He was God manifested in the flesh. And when Jesus was done with his work on earth, he allowed himself to be crucified for our sins. That means we should never judge other people. And talk about what they've done wrong because we're sinners as well. If we're judging other people for their sins, that makes us a hypocrite because we are also sinners. We are the same. We are not different. We may not have done the exact same sin, but we are still sinners. It doesn't matter whether we think it's a small or a big sin. It doesn't matter. We're all human. We've all made mistakes. We're all flesh. We are not holy without God. So when Jesus was done on earth, he allowed himself to be crucified. He gave his life for us while we were yet sinners. And people stood there and watched him be crucified. And they were still sinners. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us. It's hard to imagine the depth of his love. It's hard to understand how that works. But his desire is to do amazing things in our lives. When we know him more, we study his word and we get closer to him, he reveals himself to us. But if we don't study the word, we don't pray, we don't develop that relationship, how can he reveal himself to us? Holiness and sin are our opposites. They, they can't coexist. So we have to be holy if we want to get close to God and we want God involved in our lives. It has to be about what he wants, not about what we want. If God says no, then that means no. If God says yes, then that means yes. And sometimes it's hard for our flesh because we want certain things or we want to do certain things. But if God, you know, maybe there's a door that you want to go in, into, but there's a big yellow caution tape on it that's, you know, that's obviously like don't go in there. We should say, okay, God, I trust you because we see that caution tape. 
We don't know what's behind that door. God is trying to protect you from something. But if you just decide to break through and go through that door, then how can we expect God to help us if we're being stubborn? One lost sheep is very valuable, so valued by the shepherd that he rejoices when one is found. He knew the 90 and 9 were already safe. And he didn't need to celebrate with them because they were already safe. But whenever he finds that one, he's so excited, he celebrates and rejoices with that. Another example is about two or three, I think. I think it was before COVID. May have been right after. I can't remember. But we had a church prayer meeting. And Brother Mahaney was standing right here. He was asking people who we wanted to pray for, like we were giving out names. For some reason, I won't say a name, but one person thought of a specific person. And so I I came up to Brother Mahaney and told him a specific name that God had laid on my heart. And he said, I, I can't announce that name. And I didn't know why. So I said, okay. So a few minutes later, he came up to me personally, like it, it wasn't in front of anyone. He said, we can't share that name because of confidentiality. There's some other things going on. I said, okay, that's fine. You know, but he knew who I was talking about. And, um, we both just prayed for that person together individually, you know, not in front of everyone. But about three or four years later, that person came back to church. I'm not going to say this person, whoever it was, but they came back to church. And that's all God. That person was a lost sheep. And they came back. And that's all God. That wasn't us. We just didn't give up on them. God may lay a specific person on your heart. Pray for that person. There's a reason that person has been placed on your heart. Don't give up on them. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter how bad the situation looks. Continue to pray for that person. God is drawing them. We rejoice when we see someone give their life to Jesus. They find that eternal life. But it's our human nature and tendency to judge where they've been. And we, if we're not careful, we can have that attitude. And we, have, we, we really have to guard ourselves against that. God's word warns us not to be conformed to the world. We should never follow what the world offers or, or conform ourselves to the world, but we should let God transform us by the renewing of our minds. That means he changed our, our thoughts. We have to think like him. When someone comes to church, how do we respond? What would Jesus, how would he respond? He would love them. He would be a light unto them. He would show them mercy. He wouldn't look at them and say, you've done things wrong or he, he would not throw stones at them. We need to cast out that thought or that mindset. We need to think about the mercy and the love of God, and we need to show that love and mercy. We need to give them encouragement. And I promise that person is going to hear what you have to say, and they're going to think about it. They may not on the outside show 
how they're feeling, but you never know how a positive, encouraging word will touch them. It is not God's will that any should perish, and it doesn't matter how many times people come to the altar and beg God for forgiveness and then go straight back into what they were doing, but God will meet them and will forgive them. They may only come in for a moment, and when they leave, they meet temptation again. But God doesn't give up on them. That means we should not give up on them. We should never give up on them. And I'm almost done. Every time someone comes in, we should continue to have hope for them and show that hope that they will allow God's strength to give them mercy, and God will remind them. Likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than the ninety and nine who needs no repentance. That's the kind of attitude we should have. We should help them to feel the mercy and the love of God. We should not shame them. It's not our job to judge them or condemn them or to make them feel bad. It is our job to encourage them and lift them up. Hey, if you want us if you want me to pray for you, I'll pray for you. It doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, that person is more important than my needs in that situation. If that person wants to repent, then let them repent. Let them speak. Hold whatever your needs are, whatever you want to pray for and let them speak what they feel and help them to understand that their needs are important. They need to express What's going on in their hearts? Be encouraging to them. Be positive. Don't say anything negative. Encourage them. Lift them up. Let us join in heaven and rejoice with God over the one lost sheep. We should be filled with joy when one sinner repents. And it doesn't matter how many times it takes. Because... That love and that celebration will be encouragement for that person to move on into a new life with Jesus. We are the family and the body of Christ, and we should rejoice when one lost sheep, and we should encourage them to stay close to the fold. We should help them build a relationship with them so they can trust us and feel comfortable with us. And not feel judged or condemned by us. But if we want them to trust us, we have to show them love and mercy and be that light. We can't, we can't show condemnation or shut them out. We need to make them feel comfortable with us. Focus on their needs and what they need, not what we need or what it's, what it's about. I think it's best that nothing like that. We just we need to allow them to feel comfortable with us. We need to continue to make sure that we show them love no matter what. Whether it's the first or the hundredth time they come in, they need to feel our love and our confidence in them. This is the last one. Just a short story. We walk into a large auditorium, there was only a few seats available. And immediately noticed something smelled strange. So we looked around, and 
saw the rows around us, and there was one man that had showed up with ugly pants, you know, old, baggy clothes, dirty-looking clothes, and you could smell him from pretty far away. But he looked, again, he looked poor, but every time the, you know, people stood, he stood, he clapped, he praised God, he enjoyed the music, he worshipped. He didn't have any teeth. The people closest to him, no one was sitting in his row. He was waving his arms and obviously no one no one came up to him no one wanted to get near him in that row he was in his own world though he didn't he didn't notice it was just him and god he was just responding to the holy ghost we didn't know much about that visitor the only thing we knew was that he didn't smell great But he found his way to church and found his way to the truth. The pastor gave an invitation to those who wanted to know Jesus more to come to the altar. So he came. Again, big old baggy pants, no shoes. Smelled pretty terrible. But that smell didn't matter. There were people that gathered all around him and began to pray for him. And he had his hands lifted up. And he began to speak in tongues. People around him, their eyes were watering because of the smell. But they chose to believe that they chose to weep with joy because of that man finding God. Didn't matter how he smelled, didn't matter what he looked like, how he dressed, and that's how we should be. Doesn't matter how people smell, doesn't matter how they dress. It doesn't it could be a prostitute, doesn't matter their background, doesn't matter if they're poor. Doesn't matter if they don't have any shoes or any teeth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter their background. We should be the light and let them feel welcome and and know that this is their home. Welcome them home. If we want God to tell us welcome home, then we should tell them welcome home. Doesn't matter where they're from. Whenever we cry out to God, he will be there. Doesn't matter who we are. We need to be that light. We need to be that example to support and encourage and love one another. And I know it's hard when people fall away. We have to remember that God loves them. It doesn't, he loves us. It doesn't matter where we've gone. It doesn't matter. He still loves us. If we feel lost, God still loves you. We have to remember Jesus gave his life for you, for us to have a relationship with him. Amen.